Welcome to this special episode of the Australian Investors Podcast. This is a short episode to give you an update on one of the companies that I spoke about on this channel quite a few months ago now, although it really wasn't that long ago. There's a company called Playside Studios, and we talked about this company because it was part of our RAS Rockets Beyond program, which is our small cap research service here in Australia, where we release 10 of our favorite small cap companies to investors. We release our research and our members can go ahead and buy those shares. And as part of the launch of that service this year, we actually released an interview with the uh, co-founder, uh, Jerry Sackis, who came on and spoke to myself and our team. And we released that interview to our members and to you, Australian Investors Podcast listeners. I wanted to give you an update because... Playside Studios, which trades on the ASX under the ticker code PLY, has recently been in the news. And I also just wanted to give you my thoughts on that, but also share another company with you in this podcast and just reflect on some of the stuff that has happened since we spoke about Playside. Um, this, this podcast is going to be a quick one. So if you need to fill in any of the gaps, you can head over to our Rask Media website. Or if you're a member, you can head over to Rask Rockets Beyond. Or if you're a member of our other rocket service, Apollo, you can head there after this podcast. So just a quick recap of people who don't know what we do outside of podcasting. Uh, Rask Australia has two podcasts, and we're very fortunate that both of those podcasts are frequently in the top 10 in Australia for the business category, if not the top five. And we basically use the podcast as a way to grow awareness of investing and, and of our services that we do outside of this. Uh, we also have you know, two very prominent news websites for investing in Australia being Best ETFs and Rask Media. But primarily, a lot of you who access um, our content, you do that through the podcast. You don't really go to our other sources. So um, you can sometimes miss some of the things that we do outside of this. We also have enrolled around about 11,000 students into our free courses. And again, that's just another thing that we do for free or mostly for free just to educate Australians and give back. But the way we monetize our business is through subscriptions. We have analysts like myself who do research on ASX and global companies and ETFs and the like. And we have a few thousand members who have joined us and uh, like our research and tend to stay with us, uh, which is great. And as part of that, we can actually release some of that research occasionally for free out into a broader audience, such as uh, our research on Playside. I just wanted to give you an update on Playside because... It is a small cap company and it's performed very well since we've spoke about it. I think when we spoke about it on the podcast in August 2021, it was trading around about 37 cents. And at the time that I'm recording this, which is, one second, November 18th, uh, this is a Thursday at around 2.30 p.m., the shares are trading at around about 98 cents, which means that the company has um, risen about 165% since we uh, spoke about it and since we released the interview with Jerry uh, on the podcast. Now that's fantastic. Like who doesn't, you know, want to sit back and enjoy 165% returns in just a few short months. But obviously that's not indicative of necessarily our skill. Um, it's probably a big healthy dose of luck in there if we inject some humility into this. But the reality is as a company grows up so fast, you know, the valuation becomes something that you have to question. And just to give you a recap of what we've seen since Playside uh, was released to you via the, the podcast. Uh, the company has released one of its original IP titles, Age of Darkness Final Stand, made the acquisition of Dumb Ways to Die, which was a really savvy acquisition because the thing that jumped out to us at, with Playside in the first place was, and I think I made this evident on the first podcast, was, was that 
basically with Playside, what you're getting or what you got at the time when we made the recommendation to our members was you get this business that's kind of ticking along in the background, which is its work for hire business, which is where it basically works with other parties to create games and, and develop entertainment that uh, people around the world enjoy. And it does that and it's a pretty reliable, it's, it's not necessarily a great business, but it's actually a pretty reliable business and it generates revenue and the like. But then what Jerry and the team have done is taken that money and recycled it into creating their original IP titles. And so what we have here is what I love to see inside businesses, which is optionality. We have this kind of stable business that's ticking over, earning cash flow, and then they recycle that into more creative endeavors that can scale really well. And the original IP titles is, is, an, is an example of that. And this isn't the first time they've done this, but we're seeing more and more of this come to market from Playside, which is really exciting. And some people think that Playside is ex extremely hard to value for this reason, because you have effectively these call options that you can't really value until they're in the money, meaning you can't really value them until you know the traction that they're already um, getting. And so until that point, it's there's a lot of unknown, right? And this is where we like to invest because these types of uncertain outcomes actually present opportunities for investors. If everyone knows the information, then there should really be no price discovery to be had and the market should be efficient. But what we've seen with Age of Darkness Final Stand is if you go onto Steam, you can check it out. Um, when I pulled the numbers earlier today, there were 1,600 reviews or thereabouts on this game and it was really positive overall. Gamers love it. Um, and it was just really well received. There are some nuances about this. People, I think, have taken the performance of Age of Darkness Final Stand and thought to themselves, well, uh, if, if, if this is getting downloaded a lot, people are playing it, obviously PlaySite's making a heap of money from this. And yes, they may do. But the thing to remember is there is a revenue share agreement in there, which to my knowledge, we don't actually know what that is exactly. Um, so although it's very, like it's validated basically this, this business model, uh, it's still early days, and we don't know exactly what's to come of it. The other acquisition, which was done ways to uh, the acquisition, which was done ways to die, is an old franchise, and you might remember this if you caught the train around town or whatever from quite a few years ago. Um, they've basically taken dumb ways to die and the character set, and they've basically said we know how to acquire customers. What we need is kind of the the social creative aspects, and and once we plug that into our knowledge base and our domain expertise, we can use that too you know, get traffic on TikTok, on social media channels and, and grow awareness for the other parts of our business being the games. It was a fantastic acquisition in my mind. It combines what Jerry spoke about in that interview, which you would have heard, which was just effectively being really agile at the coal face where they drive down that customer acquisition cost and get people to uh, into the games where they might spend or be served advertising. So again, a really, really savvy move. So both of these things combined have really set the scene for for Playside in recent months. But then the other thing that's happened most recently, of course, is uh, the capital raising, which was announced just a week ago. And uh, it's $25 million plus a $3 million share purchase plan, which we'll get to in just a minute. But the $25 million obviously looks like it's over the line with the $3 million being open to uh, current shareholders. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go have a look at the ASX announcements and check that out. It's actually at a price below the current share price you know, that creates an interesting potential arbitrage opportunity, but most likely, you know, we should see some downwards pressure, although who knows with kind of the value creation that's going on in the background. Most recently, the company announced this um, this partnership with Take-Two or with 2K Games, which is, for those of you who aren't gamers, um, it's basically one of the world's leading labels and it creates one of the most popular games for, for people that like sports, in particular basketball, which is NBA 2K, really popular franchise, under the Take-Two Interactive brand. 
So this this partnership kind of again validates the work for hire part of of PlaySide's business. And while they are still launching original IP titles, and they expect to do do so more into the future, this again puts kind of a a firm foundation under the business model for the next say two to three years. So this is a this was a big announcement for the business, and they basically said we're going to raise capital into this, and we're going to use that to invest across the business, open a new studio on the Gold Coast, etc. So where does this kind of leave us now? Playside has quickly run up to over $300 million in market cap, well over that now at the current share price. And so if you look at historical financials, what you're effectively getting is a pretty stretched multiple from what it was. It basically, you're getting the deal that you're getting today on the company, probably, you know, it's not as good as it was, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. However, if some of these games can continue to rally out of the blocks, kind of like a uh, race out of the blocks, kind of like Age of Darkness, Legally Blonde, The Godfather, these types of these types of games, it's, the business should have a pretty bright future ahead of it. But obviously those are unknown. So I'm not here to say one way or the other with PlaySide, to be honest, uh, I still own a very small portion of shares and I have no intention to sell. But people have asked, well, hey, what do we do with the share purchase plan and, and what have you? And I think, you know, this comes back to your assessment of what the company's worth and more importantly, uh, when a company rallies so far is how do you position it in your portfolio? And obviously, this is a very high risk, potentially illiquid at times, uh, small cap company on the ASX. So you've got to keep all of those factors in mind. I typically only take part in the share purchase plan if I'm comfortable buying the shares, if I'd be comfortable buying the shares today anyway. So I don't necessarily go out of my way to take part in a share purchase plan. I only do that if I think the company has a bright future and I'm, you know, I want to hold the shares at current prices and my position sizing is appropriate for whatever type of um, portfolio construction or management uh, framework I have in place. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting spot we find ourselves in. If the sh- playside share price keeps running and we're offered shares at a lower price, there is potential for an arbitrage opportunity there on the pricing side. But keep in mind that that doesn't always persist, meaning that if you do you know, take up your option to buy some more shares in playside, the actual share price on the market may come back a little bit. But um, I mean, that's an unknown. We don't really know what happens from here. What I'd like to to talk about next is basically our approach at Rask and how that led to this company. If you're a long-term listener of the Australian Investors Podcast and you go way back, so when I say way back, I mean a couple of years, I spoke about a company called RPM Global, which is a mining software company. We spoke about this company because... It was, it was recommended as part of our Rask Invest service. It was a small cap company at the time. It's a, quite a bit bigger now. It's a company that I own shares in, full disclosure. Now, RPM Global effectively has transitioned from capital sales and consulting revenue uh, in the mining sector to providing software and more, more recently, providing cloud-based software to global uh, miners and blue chip clients. And they've made a divestment recently, which effectively frees up their focus to uh, focus on their core business and core competency, which is increasingly the technology side of their business. RPM Global trades on the ASX under the ticker code RUL, not RPM. That's the name of it. The ticker code is RUL. Uh, RPM Global was much the same as Playside in that it had this core business, this legacy business, if you like, that was kind of just ticking over. It was just, it was, it was still able to deal with kind of the blows of the the mining downturn in the early. 2010s or mid 2010s, I should say. And basically, it was able to keep investing through that under Richard Matthews, the current CEO who had a tech um, background. He was able to see, hey, this mining industry is going to move rapidly towards more technology and away from this legacy consulting side as kind of like the predominant focus for getting insights. And so uh, he and the team have gone about investing in technology 
And the reason that this was able to come about was because the business had this core franchise on the side, which it was still pursuing, but then was able to reinvest in the new business. You could see that the software side of the business was growing. If you went into the financials in 2018, 2019, anytime around there, you could see that the software business um, at the segment level was, if not profitable, was very close to profitability. Again, what we can see here is a CEO who was highly aligned, talented, and really wanted to invest for the long term for the business. Similarly, with PlaySide, we had a totally different industry, totally different business, but a similar type of model where you have these strong uh, founders at the helm and aligned board of directors and people who know what they're doing, who have a, a, a reasonable business already, but wanted to reinvest into a more emerging, faster growing business. That was RPM Global, ASX RUL, PlaySide Studios, ASX PLY. The final company I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to talk about that really briefly, is a company called Laserbond, which trades on the ASX under the ticker code LBL. So Laserbond um, is a totally different business altogether, but it does share some similarities. Again, I own a small sh parcel of shares, just a very small parcel of shares in this company. Uh, we recommended it as part of RAS Rockets Apollo, which was our first small cap service. I think we recommended shares at 40 cents uh, off the top of my head. And it's now, as I look at my computer behind me, around about 96 cents a, sh a share. So this is still a very, very small company and I'm not gonna, gonna talk it up in any way. Um, this is all just kind of giving you the kind of factual information about what it does. Laserbond is a surface engineering company. So if that sounds confusing, just imagine you have a big piece of mining equipment or any type of machinery, like a, you have a manufacturing floor and you have equipment in there and it, you know, it needs to be repaired or it has components that need to be replaced. You could go to Laserbond or they would come to you it could get serviced, it could get repaired, and they may even you know, create new, new parts for you for less that last longer. So that's basically the proposition of Laserbond. But increasingly what we've found is that this, this core servicing business has been really strong, but more recently they've moved away just from that focus to then having this new part of their business where they license the technology. So they license the know-how, they've licensed the technology, not only here in Australia, but globally, and this is a really interesting side of the business. And you can head to Laserbond, I think it's laserbond.com.au, and you can find out more about what the business does or you can read their, their ASX announcements. Uh, it's a really interesting small company. It's obviously um, very small, so it's gonna be a liquid. It's not the type of company that you could have as a core position in a portfolio because of its size, I believe. But um, a really interesting company, and that's really, I don't really wanna talk it up more than that other than to say it has similarities to the other businesses and it's worthwhile. Um, popping it on your watch list and just getting to know the business a bit more. Um, so all this comes together and it basically illustrates our philosophy at Rask, which is to find companies with this embedded optionality with businesses like core franchises that are still ticking along nicely, but have management teams that are kind of aligned, talented, they have domain expertise. And then we try and find businesses that have a long runway for growth. So uh, each of these businesses, our view is that when you make a recommendation to anyone or when you take a position, you should view to have a view to hold that company for at least five years. And the longer you aim out into the future, I believe the higher quality the companies will be that you buy and the higher quality your decisions will be at the end of the day. So these are three really interesting companies I'd say to chuck on your watch list. And if you want to find out more, obviously you can head to rasmedia.com.au. Just one final thing to, to note here and the reason for me doing this the second reason for me doing this episode is that we are opening uh, RAS Rockets Beyond for the one last time. So every year we launch 10 new small cap companies. This year we launched RAS Rockets Beyond. That's the name of the mission or the service this year. And the company 
um, that we shared for free was Playside Studios, but there are nine other companies inside that membership service. Playside was one of our higher conviction picks, but it, personally, it wasn't my highest conviction pick from the, from the lot. It was probably the one that, I guess, embodied what it is that we're trying to look for in Rust Rockets, but it, um, there are many others inside the service that we are very much proud of and we have very high conviction in too. So if you want to find out more about Rust Rockets Beyond, there is a link in the episode uh, description. So on your podcast player, you can you can click that link or you can copy and paste that into your web browser. We are normally the Rust Rockets Beyond services uh, would retail about $2,000 for 12 months access to the research. As a result of us doing this final opening, we're taking over $1,000 off the, the price so it's less than half price and you can find out more information. There'll be some videos there. Uh, there will be some more information if you follow that link in your podcast player. This is the final time we'll be opening the service to the public because we do this once a year and we keep it open for a few months typically and then we close it and then those 10 companies go away and only the existing members can uh, know what those are. Just in reflection, uh, if you like the podcast, you like the way we invest, check out the link in your podcast player be sure to put RPM Global, that's ASXRUL, Playside, PLY, and Laserbourne, LBL onto your watch list. And be sure to do a bit of extra research. Of course, this is only just an introduction to those companies. It is definitely not a recommendation to buy them. As I said, you know, I might be biased. I've got a very small shareholding in Playside and Laserbond and a slightly larger holding in RPM Global. But I would encourage you to go away and research these companies. Look at the kind of under, underwriting business franchise and where they want to go in the future and how they're doing that and how their alliance management teams are taking them there. Three really interesting companies. Don't forget Rast Rockets Beyond is open for the next week. You can use the coupon code that will be available when you click through that link. Um, it will expire. So I hope to see you on the inside of Rast Rockets Beyond. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And always, thanks for listening to the Australian Investors Podcast Series.